The text for the sermon is taken from Acts chapter 2. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now, make disciples of whom? Okay. Baptizing them. So what is that? Yeah, it's not going to happen. There's going to be a response for you in here. So, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, repeat that, to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That was in Matthew 28. So this is the instruction, that they are to make disciples. Whenever you hear that word disciple, I know sometimes you hear the word follower, which is kind of misleading in the English language. The much more accurate translation is student. Most of you have been a student at some point or another. So your disciple, your student. But in order to be a student, you are to be baptized and obviously taught. And they're to bring this baptizing, this teaching, making disciples to all nations or all people groups. Luke 24, Jesus says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and the repentance... So re, 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 uh, repeat that. Repentance. For the forgiveness of sins. Repeat that part. Should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So where is it at? Jerusalem. Right. So beginning from Jerusalem. They are to pre the preaching of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, or I prefer the translation, repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Beginning from Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is from Ascension Day a couple weeks ago. Jesus said... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So where is that again? Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So right there, Jesus, in his last, amongst his last words, he is, before he ascended into heaven, he has given an instruction as to exactly what the church is to be doing. So last Sunday was Pentecost. And so you might recall the epistle lesson, or the first reading was from Acts chapter 2, in those first few paragraphs, and the, the Holy Spirit descended upon the people in tongues of fire, and all of a sudden, they found the disciples were speaking in words, in languages, that they would not normally know. So when it says that they're speaking in tongues, that literally means other languages. So, you know, last week there's all those fun words that, you know, Donna Rasmus said she got to read all those fun names. Not to call you out or anything. But, had all those fun names. What were they doing? They're proclaiming the wonders that God has done. And they're speaking it to the nations. 
They're doing already, right at the very moment the Holy Spirit comes, they are doing exactly what Jesus said. They are teaching what Jesus had said and done to the nation. Because the nation happened to be there at that moment. Now everybody, the crowd saw this, and they're a little confused. They thought the disciples were drunk. And there's good reason to that. Just to give you an example of this, raise your hand if you would know Swahili. Oh, we actually have some that know this. <laughs> so, okay. Let's say you did not know Swahili. So, if you all of a sudden started speaking, you're talking to someone, and you just started talking in Swahili, they might think you're drunk. How did you all of a sudden start speaking this language? There's no way you should know it. Now, the disciples weren't speaking Swahili. They were speaking a whole bunch of languages that they had no business knowing, but they were speaking it and telling the wonders of God's work. And still, and so, everybody thought they were drunk. And so Peter got up in front of the crowd and gave the greatest sermon there ever was preached by any, somebody that was not a person of the Trinity. And he went through this whole sermon and explained why they were not drunk. It doesn't make sense, because it was so early in the morning. And eventually you get to what we heard a little bit ago. He says, this is in verse 36, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now how could Peter say that? How could he say that they crucified him? I mean, they, he cannot know for certain that every single person in that crowd happened to also be in the crowd on the day of Jesus' trial. In fact, there's a very good chance that a large percentage of them were not in that crowd. And yet he still says, you crucified him. Well, Jesus was crucified for our sins and transgressions. If anyone has ever sinned in thought, word, and deed by the things they have done or the things they have left undone, they crucified Jesus with their sins. And so he is telling this crowd that with their sins, and with their transgressions, they have crucified the Christ, the Son of God. This is what we call preaching the law, as Lutherans like we Lutherans like to use the terms, or simply, as Jesus said it, preaching repentance. And by the way, where are they at when this is all happening? Jerusalem. So in Jerusalem. They are preaching repentance. Now when they, the crowd, heard this, they were touched to the heart and said to, the Peter, to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Which, by the way, this means the law is doing its job. It has led them to repent. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. Ah, there's that word. That word that was talked about in Matthew 28, that you need to be baptized. 
every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. What is that? Forgiveness of your sins. So he's telling them to repent, to receive forgiveness, because in baptism, yes, in baptism, you receive the forgiveness of sins. Baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And notice it says, children, yes, children, this gift is for. And by the way, that shouldn't surprise us because Jesus did not say, baptize all nations over the age of 13. He said, all nations. He made no distinction of age. Baptism is a gift for all. And note, in it they also received the Holy Spirit. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were, at, and there were added that day about 3,000 fold. So there they are in Jerusalem. Just as Jesus told them would happen. That beginning in Jerusalem, they would be preaching repentance, the forgiveness of sins. And that's exactly what they are doing. And they are making disciples by teaching and baptizing. And then, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now that part of it, that doesn't actually go back to Jesus' ascension. It actually goes back to the night in which Jesus was betrayed. And the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and gave things and gave it amongst his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. The same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, he said, Take, drink, this cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you drink this, do this in remembrance. Of me. In other words, they devoted themselves to the fellowship and the breaking of the bread. That is the Lord's Supper. See, that is what they were to be about when the church began. That day of Pentecost sometimes is referred to as the birthday of the church. And there, it's kind of a more or less accurate statement. But that was the command of how the church was to be. And do you know how much has changed? Nothing. It is still the task of the church. Okay, we don't have to start in Jerusalem. So you don't have to be in Jerusalem to go to church. But you can think of it this way, starting in Ida Grove. This is where we are making disciples. That is our primary task, to make disciples, to make students of all people through baptism. Baptism which saves. Baptism which forgives sins. Baptism which clothes you in Christ's righteousness. We baptize 
even little babies. Do not put off baptism. It is a wondrous gift of God. Wondrous gift of forgiveness. Teaching. That's why we have next, starting next Monday is Vacation Bible School. An opportunity to teach our kids. And through confirmation, Sunday school, all those type of things. And then eventually we get confirmed. But notice, how much does Jesus say that you're supposed, is supposed to be taught? He says, teach them only Luther's small catechism. No, nope, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So do you want to know when you will finish learning everything that Jesus has taught? Never. So in other words, you are the moment, the only the time you are off the hook for learning the scriptures is when you die. Up until then, you are still to be in God's word as a disciple, because the word, as I said before, disciple literally means student. And if you are not learning and spending time in God's word, you're not much of a student. It's like somebody saying, yeah, I go to, yeah, I go to such and such college. Oh, what time, when do you go to classes? No, nah, I never go. It's like, you're not much of a student. They're, I think they're going to kick you out of there. You go and you still are in God's word. And also at center is the proclamation, the preaching of law and gospel. This is why our confirmand, they got to do those sermon reports, identify what is the law, what is the gospel. So they recognize it. And so that way also when they get older and they're listening to sermons, they can recognize when a church never ever preaches the law or never ever preaches the gospel. And I can tell you there are churches that fill up to the thousands and you will never hear the gospel. Pat, you, it is a way of protecting you against false teachers. Repentance and the forgiveness of sins as Jesus commanded to be preached. And the Lord's Supper, partaking of the body and blood of Jesus in with and under the bread and wine. Jesus did not say, you know, if you get around to it, I hope you can do this. And if you find time, receive the Lord's Supper. No, he says, do this. So often I hear people say, well, you know what, you don't have to be a Christian and go to church. Which there's not, it's kind of a partial truth. But if you are a Christian, you're going to go to church. Because Jesus commanded that you partake of the Lord's Supper. That Holy Communion. If you're thinking, well, I could just get, grab a slice of bread out of the cupboard and get my own glass of wine, that works. Communion by yourself is like a round square. It does, it's, there's no such thing. Communion by definition demands multiple people. This is why even when I commune shut-ins, I commune with them. So there is never, ever a private 
communion. Communion is always with multiple people. And Jesus commanded it. Refusal to receive the Lord's Supper is rebellion against Christ himself. That is what the church is to be. In his word, receiving his supper, baptizing children, being a witness to the nation. And by the way, nowadays we have a really easy way to be witness to the nation. It's called the internet. And I know every now and then I kind of check up on our Facebook page, and I'm curious as to where people watch from. And I know some of them are my family members that are from Minnesota. But I actually, I know there's, some, there's someone from Nigeria that regularly watches our services. I'm pretty certain it's our missionary, Sean. So, and by the way, that's another way we bring the gospel to the world. Missionaries. In fact, those who are going to VBS next week, we are going to be supporting a missionary. She lives in Paulina, but I, right now my brain is blanking as to where she's a missionary to. She's not a missionary to Paulina, Iowa, but she's a missionary overseas. Repentance, forgiveness of sins, baptizing, teaching. That's the job of this church. That's why we are here. That is our purpose in Christ. And so we come, he invites us again throughout these ages until he returns. Because the reality is we come up short of what he demands. And so he draws us again and again. And he gives us forgiveness again and again. And he strengthens us again and again. To work and carry out the task he has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Now before